Creative Sandbox Way Podcast, Episode 150. Hello, I am Melissa Dinwiddie, creativity instigator and author of The Creative Sandbox Way, here to explore and investigate anything and everything having to do with transformation through play and how creativity and play can help you live a more full-color life and be a better leader in all areas of life. This episode is sponsored by the 6th Annual Create and Incubate Retreat, September 12th through 16th, 2018, coming up right around the corner. Give space to your art for five days with me and walk away transformed. You may have a completely different idea of how you walk through the world after those five days. You will play and you will transform. It's a small retreat, only five, I'm sorry, only 12 total, including me. And almost all those spots are gone. Just a few left. Most were snapped up by returning alums. So as of right now, just a few left. Early bird pricing and installment plans are available. And you can see what past retreatants have to say about the experience and come join us at Create and Incubate Retreat. Dot com. That's create and incubate retreat.com. I don't know about you, but it has been a crazy, crazy busy couple of weeks around here. I have this online community <clears throat> that I founded and run called the Creative Sandbox Community. And for the past two and a half years, we have been in a Facebook group. And we moved into a brand new home of our very own off of Facebook into a a platform called Mighty Networks. And before I could move everyone, I had to get the Mighty Network ready for the move, which was a lot of work, which I did in about, I don't know, like four days or something. (laughs) It was just like this intense, crazy, uh, that's kind of how I work. I just sort of go like, all right, I'm doing this thing. Zoom. (laughs) Anyway, now we're moved. And uh, I wrote, if you're a subscriber, you may have read the, the newsletter that I sent to my insiders, that I was really afraid that members might kind of mutiny at being pulled away from Facebook. But instead, I've been really pleasantly surprised that their reactions have been quite the opposite. They've been really grateful to get off of Facebook. People are really fed up with Facebook, the distractions and the whole kind of vibe of shallow, meaningless conversations that tends to dominate over there, which of course is totally counterproductive to the whole purpose of the Creative Sandbox community, which is a lab for women's leadership through creative expression. So sending people into this, you know, black hole, (laughs) this rabbit hole (laughs) that is Facebook, 
was supremely not helpful. So now we have our own home and it's quiet. There's no noise. It's just us. So we can focus. So when people come to the creative sandbox, they are there for one purpose and then they can leave to go do whatever it is they want to do with the inspiration and the motivation they got from being in the sandbox. And it's so wonderful. It's such a relief. It feels so good. And this week, by the time you listen to this, I will actually be out of the country in Whistler, British Columbia, Canada, at a week-long training in Lego Serious Play, which is one of the main methodologies that I use in my creative consultancy, Creative Sandbox Solutions. So I am in Whistler, by the time you're listening to this, doing a three-day training in Lego Serious Play and Conflict Management, which I'm super excited about because who doesn't need help with managing conflict? I mean, really, right? And then I'm doing a two-day training immediately following that in Lego Serious Play and graphic recording, which just sounds really fun. I've gotten really intrigued with graphic recording, graphic facilitation. I'm not interested in becoming a professional graphic recorder, like full-time or anything like that, but I'm very interested in incorporating those skills into my facilitation So I'm super excited to see how to incorporate the skills of graphic recording, graphic facilitation, art as ideas with Lego Serious Play, this amazing methodology that I use that incorporates Lego and storytelling, really. Um, Thinking with your hands is one of the things that Lego series play really gets people to do. So I have spent, I'm recording this on Sunday, and I've spent all weekend doing things like paying bills, because guess what? It's the end of the month, and I'm (laughs) going to be out of town when all those bills come due. Uh, Tying up loose ends and packing, actually haven't started packing, but that's what's going to happen next, and otherwise getting ready for the trip. So Rather than make myself completely insane or sick, I've been there, done that, do not want to do that again this year, I'm not going to avoid it, I decided to do the sensible thing and pull up an episode from the archives. After all, this is episode 150, 150, oh my God, which means there is a pretty big archive now. So this one was originally episode number nine, way back in 2015. And by the way, we have had over 154,000 downloads, almost 155,000 downloads. Now, not that that metric actually means anything, because who knows if those downloads actually translate into listeners, but still, it's kind of cool. Hundred almost 155,000 downloads. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this classic episode. I like that classic episode from the summer of 2015, from long before I started doing something cool, by the way. So something cool is on vacation too. 
I'll be back next week with a new episode and a new something cool. So enjoy and have a great week. Welcome to Live Creative Now with Melissa Dinwiddie, a weekly podcast to inspire you to create your art and share your work, because that's how you will change the world. Hey there, I've got a short bonus episode for you today. This is Live Creative Now, episode nine, and I am Melissa Dinwiddie, passion pluralite artist, happiness catalyst, and creativity instigator here to address all your questions about living a full color creative life. Today, I am answering a question from Leo. Leo writes, I would love to hear more about your way of dealing with the issue of saying no to things that you would like to do in order to be able to say yes to things you would like to do even more. I definitely have too many things going on in my life outside of work. Whenever I start thinking about which ones to let go, even temporarily, I get stressed out. How do you make these decisions? Do you feel it in your body? Which ones are a no and which ones are yes? Do you think it through in your mind? Do you have overarching goals and try to fit your activities to these goals? What do you do in periods when it is not clear whether there are any overarching goals? Wow, Leo, this is such a great question. And first of all, I will say that that little word, no, which is one of the first words that we practiced when we were, you know, two years old at the terrible twos, we loved saying no. It was so empowering to be able to say no as a two-year-old, right? As an adult, it is really hard for so many of us to say no. It's hard to say no to things that we don't want to do when we feel a sense of obligation to other people, right? And it's even harder to say no to things that you really want to do, but know that if you want to do these other things that are even more important to you, you have to learn how to say no. You can't do everything all at the same time. Boy, is that hard. And boy, is that stressful. And I so relate to that. And I will not say that I do this perfectly at all. But what I can tell you is that when I am, the times when I'm better at saying no, life goes better. So to answer your specific questions, how do I make these decisions? Do I feel it in my body? Which ones are a no and which ones are a yes? I would say yes. In general, the more I can pay attention to my body, that's my golden formula, self-awareness plus self-compassion equals the key to everything good. The more I can be mindful, the more I can be conscious and aware of how I'm feeling, what I'm feeling in my body, that's phenomenally helpful. So yes, absolutely. That works best when I am able to get in touch with my body in terms of what's a no and what's a yes. That still doesn't always help me all the way, right? <laughs> there might be two things that I I really, really want to do. So just a couple months ago, a few months ago, I got really excited about learning to play those harmonicas that a, a previous boyfriend had given me. And I always wanted to, I just thought it would be so cool to be, be able to whip out a harmonica and play some really cool blues tune and just jam, you know? How cool would that be? And I also had this little penny whistle that I won as part of 
some raffle or something. I got a, a basket full of shakers and various different noisemakers and a penny whistle. And I'd never even taken it out of the package. And I thought, man, how cool would that be to be able to play the penny whistle really well, right? So I actually went to the music store and I bought some books on teach yourself to play harmonica and teach yourself to play the penny whistle. And for maybe a week or several days, I every day I would put some time into practicing these little instruments. And it was really fun. And because I was putting all this time into playing those instruments and learning them from scratch, I wasn't able to put as much time or any time into other things like working with my looper, my looping app on my iPad, which was something I needed to be able to master to some degree in order to perform in my living room tour house concerts. I wasn't able to put the time into painting because I was putting the time into learning these new instruments. So at a certain point, I had to step back and realize, wait a minute. Yeah, I really want to learn how to play the harmonica. And I really want to learn how to play the penny whistle. But I've got these concerts coming up. And the more important for me to do right now thing is to get comfortable and, and masterful, feel competent using my looping app on my iPad and practicing the skills that I'm going to be actually using in my living room tour house concerts. So I made the really painful <laughs> decision to set the penny whistle down, set the harmonica down. I still get to pick them up as, you know, I just want to play around for a little bit time. But but I made the hard decision to not put my dedicated practice focus time into those two instruments and to concentrate on the instrument that I was actually going to be using more, you know, sooner. (laughs) Really, really hard. And, you know, that is like the 50 gazillionth time that something like that has happened to me. Another example is several years ago, I went through a yoga teacher training program. And I went through the program at the time because I knew I was doing a lot of yoga and I had done yoga for years, but I didn't really understand what I was supposed to be feeling in different postures. And people would say to me, oh, you you must be a yoga teacher because I'm flexible and I have a dance background. And so I looked like I knew what I was doing, but I didn't really know what I was doing. And I wanted to get deeper into my yoga practice. And I also know that I love to teach. And I thought, yeah, you know, maybe I'll end up teaching yoga. That would be really cool. So I did this pretty intensive yoga teacher training over the course of a summer. And I, I never actually got certified because I there, there were there was an apprenticeship program that I was going to need to go through and a written exam. And I never did those things because at the time, I, it, it wasn't so important for me. But I did uh, get offered a, a job to teach at a yoga studio. And I did that for about four months. And I enjoyed it while I was there. There were only five or six people in the class, usually. And I knew that it was going to take a long time to build up a yoga teaching practice that would give me a return on investment, you know, that would make it worth 
all the time and energy that I was putting into it and the rush hour traffic I was driving through was probably making minimum wage to teach these classes. And although I really enjoyed them, I had to take a hard look. There was too much going on in my life. As usual, I'm like nature. I abhor a vacuum in my schedule. So I had packed my schedule, overpacked my schedule. Something had to give. And it was really painful to let go of the yoga teaching. But I knew in my gut, like that was a body level that I just knew that was the thing that had to go. Yes, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't at the same level of feeding me and nourishing me as the other things that I was doing. So I had to say no to the yoga teaching in order to say yes to the other things and to not completely burn myself out. You also ask Leo whether I think it through in my mind. Yes, I do. I think it through a lot. I journal about it a lot. So absolutely. And then you ask, do you have overarching goals and try to fit your activities to these goals? I do. Do I always fit my activities to the goals? No, I don't. But yes, I think about that a lot. And that is one of the things that really does help me. For example, with the harmonica and the penny whistle, my overarching goal was to be able to perform comfortably, confidently, competently at my living room tour house concerts. And I knew I wanted to be able to use my looping app And that if I were to play the penny whistle and the harmonica, that would be a tiny, tiny component of it. and was way more important for me to feel more capable and competent and confident about using the looper. So yes, that helped me a lot to be able to let go of putting lots and lots of practice time into the harmonica and penny whistle in favor of putting that practice time into using my looping station. And then you ask, what do you do in periods where it's not clear whether there are any overarching goals? Hmm, that is a great question. So Leo, I I feel like I always have some kind of overarching goal in my life. I'm trying to remember the last time I didn't feel like I had some kind of overarching goal. And it was a while, was quite a while ago. Uh, when you're not clear, what let's say when I'm not clear, if I were not clear, what I would do is probably do a lot of journaling, a lot of processing to think about what is really important to me. What is the next goal? I'm, I'm such a goal oriented person, Leo. <laughs> I'm always looking for the next target to shoot for. So that's part of my makeup. I'm just kind of wired that way. And I know not everybody is. So if you're not wired that way, if you, if you can't, land on an overarching goal, you know, do some, allow yourself to do some processing and writing and thinking about it. And if you don't have an overarching goal, you know, then in a way, maybe it makes it a little bit easier. In some ways, it's harder because there's no, you know, it doesn't give you an easy way to prioritize. But on the other hand, kind of whatever you pick is going to be fine, right? So one thing that I've done a lot in my life when trying to determine what I'm going to focus my energy on is kind of the equivalent of putting up a dartboard and throwing darts. (laughs) Just like I've got five different things I would really love to be doing. If I don't have an overarching goal to tie one of those two, then it really doesn't matter. Pick one, pick anyone. It's really a lot like 
rule number five on my keys to creative flow rules, rules for the creative sandbox. Just start anywhere. If you're stuck, just start, start anywhere. It doesn't matter. If you're stuck choosing between which of your many things that you'd like to work on to choose and to put energy into, doesn't matter. Pick one. So that's what I would say about that. So to recap, when you've got too many things in your life and it's stressing you out, thinking about which ones to let go of, which ones to focus on, how do you make those decisions? First off, absolutely pay attention to your body. The more awareness, the more mindfulness you can cultivate, the more helpful that will be in helping you determine what to say yes to and what to say no to. What is a temporary no to and what is a permanent no to, right? Absolutely think it through. Absolutely process. Journaling is such a brilliant processing tool. Oh, another one I didn't mention is talking with other people. Oh my gosh, it's so phenomenally helpful to have a sounding board. Somebody who can really listen to you, not try to solve your problems for you, but simply listen with love and respect and no judgment. If you can find people like that in your life, they're golden. I can't tell you how many times just talking about a decision that I'm trying to make to somebody who's able to listen to me and not make the decision for me, but just listen, enables me to find that answer inside of myself. So that's a big one too. If you have overarching goals, then that can help you suss out which ones you want to say yes to and which ones you want to put on a shelf. And if you don't have any overarching goals, throw a dart. And because it doesn't matter which one you pick for now. And always remember that the ones that you put on a shelf don't have to be permanently dissed. I can at any time in my life decide, you know what? Now is the time I want to dive into learning to play the harmonica and learning to play the penny whistle. Just because I have them on the shelf for now doesn't mean that I can't dive into that later, right? So Leo, I hope that helps you. I am sure there are lots of people who have similar questions. So thanks for asking this question. You're awesome. And that's it for today. That's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining me today. I love being able to share with you. I imagine you sitting in a room with me and us having a conversation. If you are getting value out of this podcast, I would absolutely love it if you would leave a review over on iTunes. I read those reviews. I really take them into consideration. So it's really helpful to get your feedback. And also your reviews on iTunes make a huge difference in how the show is ranked. And that makes a big difference in helping other people find it. And that helps grow the creative uprising. So you can play a really important role in this movement simply by leaving an iTunes review. Easy breezy. Plus, I would just be enormously grateful. And also, if you have a question about living a full color creative life that you'd like me to dress on the show, type it into your review and you might just hear it featured on a future episode because to incentivize you to leave a review, I prioritize questions that are left in reviews. If you want me to give you a shout out, be sure to leave your Twitter ID in the review so that I can tweet you if I use it in the show. And if you would like your voice on the show, you can leave me a voice message over at livecreativenow.com. 
But remember, if you leave me a voice message, also leave your question in a review on iTunes in order to get higher priority. So that's it. Thanks again for joining me. And until next time, go get creating. Subscribe at livecreativenow.com. Subscribe at creativesandboxway.com slash podcast.